You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. Thanks for joining us for week six of Roadblocks and Objections to Living Scent. I'm Justin, and this is my faithful co-host, James. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Justin. What's up, man? <laughs> I feel like I do that every time. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> you kind of do. And you call me faithful, and it makes faithful. me feel so good about myself. you are so faithful. Thanks, brother. Faithful. Thanks, brother. There's lots of songs I could sing right now, but I won't. Yeah. You know what I am also? Tired. Tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> it's like- Why are you tired, bro? Well, you know, we talked about, remember at Christmas, just like- just life and then all our kids and all that stuff. But this time of year with the mm. daylight, say, the time change. And Which then is still, of the devil. Right. And then it's like cold and then hot. Yes. Like at the same time. Cold in the morning, then, hot in the afternoons. And it's so cold. And yet there's so much pollen. There's so much <laughs> And pollen. everyone's sneezing and we're still worried about Corona. I know. And kids are, yeah, school and they're like, don't come. But it's, we're pretty sure it's allergies. But how do you know? Yes. And like, exactly. I'm, I'm so excited things are opening back up and getting back to normal and like definitely like numbers wise, church wise and all that. But I'm like, was I always running this fast? Like, if so, ah, <laughs> you know, like, yes. and I don't know about you, but when I'm tired, I get short, uh, not like in height, but because <laughs> I'm tall, but I get like quick tempered and irritable. And I'm just like, bah, bah. Mm-hmm. And McKenzie's like, what's wrong? I'm just like, you know what? Is it your fault? I'm just tired. Yeah. We and get then they're like, you, you sound like Pastor James That's when right. you talk like that. Yes. <laughs> so funny. So for reference, uh, I, to one of our kids was being a smart aleck and I went blah, 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 blah. And our four-year-old said, you sound like Cam's daddy, which is James. <laughs> and I was like, man, and she is savage. I know, man. <laughs> That's like, I'm intimidated by her too. And even more now. <laughs> yeah. And she, then, then later on that day, she came out just, I had been using this stuff on his face. We've been, you know, on his, uh, for, you know, teenage <laughs> skin issues and pimples. And she was like, Josiah, you don't look like a zombie anymore. Oh man. Like, man, Ooh. you are savage Ooh. little girl, man. And I don't know where she gets that because yeah. we're not like that mean. Yeah. But we are mean every once in a <laughs> we while. We are because we're tired and that's, well, not just because we're tired, also because we're, we're not we're, Christ-like. We're not <laughs> Christ-like. And that is what we're talking about today. <laughs> One of the major roadblocks, objections you'll hear as you're sharing your faith, as you're talking about Christ, as we work uh, gospel conversations into our natural rhythms of life is... Um, I don't believe that stuff because Christians just are not like Jesus. Yeah. What's you the know, Gandhi quote? I was just thinking the Gandhi quote, you know, I, I like their cry or um, I, I believe their Christ. I don't know. I'm butchering it, but Ooh, it's basically, that was, that was good. I like their Christ, but not their Christians or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can Google that. There's a very famous quote that neither <laughs> one of us can remember yes. because we're tired. Yes, but, that's right. Uh, so let's talk about that. Well, Christians are not like Christ and uh, are not Christ like all the time, I guess is a better way to say that. And for those of you uh, who are believers, uh, your first instinct to that was like, well, yeah, of course not, because we're sinners. Right. Um, and that is true. So how do we um, rationalize and how do we 
have a conversation with someone who says, well, I've, and usually it's based upon their experience, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's been an experience in a church, experience with Christians or just, you know, and it could even be based upon how Christians are portrayed in media, movies, et cetera. So uh, what do we do? What do we say? How do we respond when Christians uh, say, I don't believe this stuff because Christians just aren't very much like Christ. And Christians say it or non-Christians say it, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah you said uh, when Christians when say it. When people, I'm uh, sorry, when people say Christians just aren't very much like Christ. That's how I should say that. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, you you addressed it already, you know, that, hey, yeah, we're not. I mean, <laughs> you're right. If somebody's like, well, you don't believe what you preach or you don't live what you preach, I'm like, well, actually, then you're not listening to everything I preach because I preach that I struggle in this, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, stumble in this. And so um, it's God's grace that has covered my life. You know, uh, so so I think we all know that, right? Like, but obviously people think we're projecting something else to them, to the world. And, and, and I, we had Jason Dukes here with us a couple of weeks ago and he talked about that. Like, you know, we're projecting this image of, yeah. we got it together and we're good. And we believe, you know, if we live in our goodness, then God's going to be good for us. And, and I do think some people falsely teach that proclaim that, but I think we just, we're not preaching the gospel to ourselves. And so, you know, because we're not preaching the gospel to ourselves and we're not letting people to see the real us. Um, they're just not seeing the fullness. They're seeing us trying to be good, trying to be, um, you know, whatever Christian like, and they're not really seeing the gospel fleshed out in our lives. Um, and so I think the key is letting people see the gospel fleshed out in our lives. Exactly. That's one of the things that Jason Duke said when he was here was that the reason so many people don't see their need for Christ is because we as Christians don't display and show our need right, for Christ. Yeah. And I think it is exactly what you said. We are trying to project this image of being good. And, and that's really easier uh, yeah. because we we can keep up a facade. You know, we can keep up this image that we make good choices and we do good things and we serve. And, uh, you know, I think that is really not, well, not, no, it is really is not the gospel that we're right. good. The gospel yeah. is that he's good. And so right. as we approach this, we first have to start from this place of, well, yeah, you're right. Christians are not always like Christ. Uh, We don't always practice what we believe. And that is the tension of faith. That is uh, how God, if we are following Christ, like God is making us new and he is the one doing the work. And so he's changing us. And so we've said this several weeks, but really the, the beginning of this conversation is in us a posture of humility. Yeah. Cause right. we can't be proud of, you know, and say, well, I do this. And so I'm, I'm a good person and I do this. And so I'm a Christian. It is, oh, God has done this and mm-hmm. I need him just mm-hmm. as much, I, you know, maybe even more. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, for, so for me, like, this is just so clear. I mean, I grew up not being taught about Jesus. Um, and not that my parents didn't have some sort of belief, but there was not intentionality really in my home about this. And, and really since I've begun to f- pursue Jesus, it's just been this clear, like awareness of how sinful I am and how fleshly I am and how much I need God's grace. And I see him at work in my life. But so, so it's been very clear for me to say, man, anything that is really of Christ in me is clearly of Christ. However, <clears throat> some people might say, well, I, I, 
you know, I didn't struggle with, you know, lust, which I kind of think they're probably being dishonest if they're due, <laughs> but you so. know, or I didn't struggle with some of the things you struggle with and, and I just made these good choices and never had debt and all that stuff. Well, that's still common grace. That's the grace of God in your right. life that you were either born into that home or whatever it may be. And so I think a Christian recognizes like either, you know, God's grace has worked to transform me in this way right. or God's grace for some reason gave me this, if you want to use that word privilege. And I think that that puts us in a position of humility. And I think that needs to be very clearly um, communicated and something we remind ourselves on a daily basis. Right. And it's, it's, it, and then that translate into our conversations with people of telling them like, Hey, I was, you know, struggling with this, or I struggle with this. I'm struggling with forgiveness in this. Have you ever yeah. struggled? And it's, and it shows, it displays not that we are trying to elevate our sin to, right. but we are trying to help people see like we aren't fundamentally aren't different in our need. You know, right. we're not trying to elevate, you know, I think that is a, a trend in Christianity sometimes to elevate our brokenness over what Christ has done. I'm just so messy. I'm just so this, I'm, I'm just can't get pulled together. I'm just so, but that's not our identity because of Christ, but it does help people relate to us because we're, it disarms that like, I'm trying to be perfect. I'm trying to display, yeah. I've got it all together. Well, I think, I think that part of, and this is where it comes to checking our heart, like part of probably over the last 10 years and specifically amongst like a lot of, and I'm just, you know, women's authors is this projection of I'm messy and I'm broken, but like, it's still like, I want to project that I'm this messy, broken, but I'm loved and I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. And I still feel like worthy of who? Like there seems to be no central focus right. on the grace of God in that. And I think that if we really believe the gospel and live in the gospel that, that yes, we're messy and broken. And here's what Jesus is doing through me. And here's how Jesus is transforming. Not I'm either messy and broken and I'm living this good life or because I don't care about that, or I'm not messy and broken. I'm living this good life. And, and we talked about the prodigal son a couple of weeks ago. Like I do think that, <clears throat> and I said, if you think you're the older brother, you're lost. Mm. Because if you're the older brother, that means you're, you're saying I deserve God's blessings because of how good I've been. Yes. Because of my behavior. Yeah. And, and that is not the gospel. And that's really not a desire for God. Right. You know, that's a desire for God's the blessings of God. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how uh, <laughs> some of the ways that this has been misunderstood. Uh, you know, I think uh, when we talk about some of, you know, so we, when people have this objection, maybe they may be thinking about individuals that they know that yeah, they hurt, but then they also, probably are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're probably also thinking about um, what they've either experienced uh, on a, in a church level or experience observing the church, whether it was personal. Mm -hmm. And I think of examples of, of abuse, yeah, um, that's good. you know, and that is a big, uh, mm -hmm. that is a, a an incredibly mm -hmm real hurt mm. uh, and something that shouldn't have happened. I think specifically of, uh, you know, things that have just come out in the past, you know, month or so about, uh, for example, Ravi, Ravi Zacharias, yeah. who was a well-known mm. apologist, mm. evangelist, mm. and uh, there were accusations while he was still alive and they were kind of um, ignored or swept under the rug. There wasn't accountability. And then post his death, there's even more investigation mm -hmm. to turn out mm -hmm. that it was mm -hmm. worse uh, mm -hmm. than any in the, anyone in the public knew about things. Mm -hmm. So how do you respond hey, to things like that? Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I mean, they exist, you know, and so we certainly don't want to deny they exist. And, um, you know, I mean, with Ravi Zacharias, you know, I, I, I with, I was kind of like, man, mm -hmm. it feels like Judas, like, yeah. you know, and 
where's Judas stand with the Lord? You know, like, yeah. I mean, just being real, I'm, I'm one degree of separation from about every famous Christian person there is, which is just a stupid phrase. <laughs> but, um, so I know a lot of celebrity pastors, preachers, and, or I know someone who knows them very well. Some of them are legit. Um, mm-hmm. and some of them either started out or at some point became focused more on money and fame and power than Christ. And, um, that's a part of the celebrity culture. And, you know, and, and I think that it's easy to point to them and say, oh, man, they're awful. Cause you know, what they have done is awful and what they do is awful. But I would also say that, um, most of those people, if it's false teaching, false living, often, they are representative of people who would be the same way if they had those opportunities. And so I think, you know, to, you certainly see that amongst Christians. Paul warned about that to Timothy. There would be those who preach uh, godliness for gain, you know, believing that it's God's going to get me something I want in this life. And I think people believe that too. And so, I mean, it's just a reality that exists, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I, th- and I think in those conversations too, no matter what the the, the grievous sin is, uh, I, we're talking about a, this instance instances of abuse is not to downplay it. The, the right move is not to say, oh yeah, well, that's just one person and that's not really right. Even though that's true, yeah. but it is to say, you know, you are right and that mm-hmm. is wrong. Scripture says that, you know, even amongst leaders and pastors, there and people in the church, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and time, you know, ultimately time yeah. does tell, but I think we have to, in those moments say, you're right. And that is wrong and it's awful. Yeah. And ultimately it's still, we still have to run to Jesus. I think in America and any context, but we live in America. So that's the context <laughs> I'm going to talk about. You have that, you know, what you said is just wolves in sheep clothing. You also have, you know, American Christians don't know a theology of suffering mm. and a theology of poverty and a theology of struggle, you know, struggle. And what I mean by that is not like, you know, this, anti-prosperity, but I, because I don't know that we know how to be Christ-like in prosperity either, but like the reality of sometimes pursuing Jesus means a struggle. And so like, I think that if you're suffering and struggling and you don't think you can talk about that, then you can begin to cover it up and cover it up and cover it up. And depending on your means, Mm. it just, it, it leads you down a path that becomes darker and darker and darker. And, um, you know, we talk about being tired, you know, if you're hungry, isolated or tired, you know, that that's setting yourself up for danger, you know? Right. And I think that a lot of celebrity pastors are in that position, but I also think that a lot of non-celebrity mm-hmm. Christians end up in those positions. Exactly. And I think, uh, this past year has, yeah, has really highlighted that, mm-hmm. you know, That's for right. Christians in general, uh, because if you've, uh, you know, if you're online at all in social media, you've seen how uh, this degree of isolation uh, has made people a little feisty yeah. <laughs> and and short and mm-hmm. not Christ-like mm-hmm. in their interactions and conversations and with believers and non-believers. And ultimately, it we just have to acknowledge that it is real, that people are messed up. And when we are continuing to walk in that, it's because our eyes aren't on Jesus. Right. It's because yeah. we're not mm-hmm. seeking him. And it's easy. Paul said to the Galatians, you know, I am astonished that you're deserting the gospel mm-hmm. so quickly. Yeah. You know, not that there is another gospel. 
Right. Because they were beginning to be legalistic and they were beginning to be prideful about their faith and exclude certain people from different backgrounds from the fellowship. And he's like, how did this happen so quickly? Like I came, I visited you, you believed, and now all of a sudden you're pursuing something else. And so, um, you know, and he does say anyone who preaches another gospel is cursed in that text as well. So I, I think, you know, you see the Galatian, the church in Galatia very quickly dive into that. And I think we have to just be so mindful that we begin to build our identities on something other than Christ. Right. And I think accountability is so key in our walk. I know for me as a pastor, like it's very humbling. I was telling someone today, like um, how Christy and I are just like feel, filled with tears of joy of um, the fact that God might use us to lead other families to want to be foster families. Like, mm -hmm. and I know you feel the same way about uh, being, you know, an adoptive family, but I'm also like, what is it about me that's being reproduced that's not good? Right. Like, because that's humbling as well. Right, because we we are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are doing that. So I think another aspect of this too is that people will look at people who profess to be Christian. Non-Christians will look at people who profess to be Christians and really ultimately say, well, they don't really do or act any differently than me. Oh man. So changing the gear here. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that that's, that's real. And I think especially uh, in our context and culture here in the panhandle of Florida and, uh, you know, on the water and nice and, you know, military influence. And, you know, I think that every, not everyone, but for the most part, you know, people are appear fairly moral. And, and I think what people would say is, well, if I look at my life and I look at a non-Christian would say, could say, look at my life and I look at your life and we don't have really any different goals. Yeah. Right. We don't really have spend our time about the same way. We spend mm -hmm. our money the same way. Uh, the difference is, is that, you know, you may go to church once every other week. Mm -hmm. um, what do you say to that? How do you yeah. respond? Well, I think that that's a real... I don't know if scary is the right word, mm -hmm. but a real sobering question to ask of our church family. Like, if you weren't following Jesus, how would your life look any different? And if it wouldn't look any different, then are you really following Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer to that often is no. I'm not even necessarily getting into that being a salvific issue, even though it could be. So I think that's an indicting but I think that, you know, to the person who's in that boat, like, you don't stand before God for how I live my life or how Justin right. lived his life or however, whoever lived their life. Like, you stand to God, before God for you hmm. and what you did with what he gave you. And you need to be seeking out, am I obeying the God who created me and the God of eternity. Obviously, if you don't believe in that, that's mm -hmm. the podcast we talked about the last couple of weeks, but you don't answer to God for how, you know, Ravi Zacharias lived his life or Westboro Baptist. I mean, and I think we trick ourselves mm. into that. And that that's, that's older brother. That's, that's saying, Hey, I'm not like Ravi. Yeah. I'm not like those dudes over there, you know? And that's not, I, I, I know I struggle with that too. Like I, I see these prosperity preachers and I'm like, blah, 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 you know? And I'm like, but what am I doing? Am I being faithful? Right, right. 
we we like to criticize everyone else yeah. but not really examine ourselves i you know i remember in high school particularly like having grown up in the church um and then later in college kind of really having i didn't give it these words then but looking back now i can say it's like a kind of an older brother aha moment because mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember growing up and being in youth group and you really like wanting to do the right thing and honoring God and looking at other friends from church or friends from school who, you know, were part of a church and I would see them do stuff and be like, and they seemed fine and happy. They were like doing sinful things and I, they would be fine and they seemed happy. And I was like, it's just not fair. They get to do this and mm-hmm. still, and it's like, what a wrong attitude about Jesus, first and foremost, because mm-hmm. he doesn't love me because I do good things. Secondly, that's, I ultimately like there, I'm not, I can't walk their faith. I've, I'm responsible for how I respond to the gospel. And I think that that principle applies to, you know, non-Christians looking at Christians. They, you know, like to look at someone else and say, well, our lives aren't that different. Like as the Christian, that situation should examine, but the non-Christian also can't, use other people as the standard. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and I think we have to even acknowledge that like at, in our conversations, mm-hmm. hey man, or woman though, you wouldn't say, hey woman, <laughs> in the conversation, but hey bud, like I'm not your standard. Like right. I get this wrong. Like, Jesus, he is the, the standard and we f- all fall woefully short of, of him, Amen. but his grace is mm-hmm. sufficient. And I think that's where we have to really be clear uh, yeah. and not, I think, you know, it is good to have people that we look up to, to, to model, but ultimately, even though the yes. best person we can think of right. is not our standard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just why part of why, you know, I, I wanted you on staff because I thought you were perfect until I worked closer with <laughs> and you. And then and you're like, like oh, Mandy forgets okay. things. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that, so if, I mean, you, you can, you're going to impose your presuppositions on me and what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it because I think it needs Ooh. to be said. Um, I'm ready. Yeah. A lot of vocational ministry pastoring is leading people who are not acting like Christ, who should be acting like Christ. And honestly, sometimes, you know, it feels like instead of being focused on the mission of Christ, I'm, I'm, Paul said, you know, Hey, you're still drinking milk. Like you're basically Paul saying, I'm having to babysit when I should be a grandfather at this point to you because you have children in the faith. And so, you know, that's definitely how pastoring feels a lot. I'm not saying people in the church are wolves in sheep's clothing, right? but I am saying they're sheep who bite. Yeah. (laughs) Bite each other (laughs) and bite Uh me. And, um, but, but, but I think for a long time, like I was just so frustrated about that. And what I've come to realize is like, and Jason said this to a few pastors the other day, like, the letters to the Corinthians are because that is how it is. Like right. all these yeah. things going on in the life, this dysfunction in the life of the church has existed since the life of the church. Mm-hmm. It's all, that's why we have deacons because there was the neglecting of a certain demographic. Right. Like man is sinful. And I, I think, you know, and maybe mm-hmm. kind of bringing us, you know, to a home stretch here is However, for me, look at what the church has done. Right. Yeah. In spite it, of me and right. you. Yeah. It, 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 the, the, yes. The church is 
I, it sounds triumphant, you know, yeah, like we be, lead the way in orphan of, care. Yes. We lead the way in ministry to the poor. Mm-hmm. We, all the criticisms about this, like remember the whole thing when Christians were protesting Chick-fil-A's, right. which was kind of silly. And people are like, oh, well, they're not lined up at the soup kitchen server. I'm like, actually, yes, they yes, are. They are. Yes, yes, they, they are. are. Like, <laughs> yes. it's both. It's yes, we right. silly, in a silly way protest and are hateful towards, you know, certain demographics of our population. Mm-hmm. And yet we also are the ones on the front lines. Right. Because that's the evidence <laughs> that crisis changed lives right, and people yeah. want to demonstrate that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. So wrapping it up, we uh, really quickly, let's touch on a couple of other issues, which we actually talked about uh, a few weeks ago. So you can go back and listen to that in uh, some of our stuff uh, on uh, this series about the Bible um, and history. But let's talk about some other big issues, uh, the Crusades, slavery. I mean, these are big things, real events that happen. People say, well, I don't believe because, I mean, of those things, Christians did those things Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, that would be like saying, okay, I don't believe in baseball because that guy over there, you know, strikes out every time. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, because he's not keeping it on the ball. Okay, but what about the next guy who hits it every time? What about the next guy who no, – like, you can't say this isn't good right. because there's people who don't do it right. Like, right. It doesn't minimize – you're not minimizing that these were wrong and bad. However, it doesn't have implication about whether or not the truth is the truth. Yeah, and so I think that people in the Crusades or slavery like were either one of two. One of two is they didn't follow Jesus and they used Jesus for what they want, like the older brother. Mm-hmm. Or two, um, and this is where, you know, again, I, I, t- I tend to be sympathetic – Sympathetic is they were conformed to the culture, you know, and and I think that you see Christians constantly conform to the culture and we will stand accountable to God for that one day. Um, Thankfully, um, his grace is so strong, you know, like bringing this back to Ravi, like his actions cause it caused me to really doubt that he was genuine in his walk with the Lord. Mm -hmm. However, um, I do know that God's grace, uh, is so big. Right. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean that God still used him. I mean, God still used him to bring people to faith, to strengthen people in the faith. If you've read some of the stuff, it's, it's, but it does, it does cast this huge shadow. And ultimately it's like the Lord knows. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you're right. But yeah, I mean, and, and I would also again say the correction of, of the crusades and the correction of the slavery was, Hey, actually we're not doing what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not doing what the Bible says. Like the appeal was not don't be Christ-like. Yeah. Be like the world. Yeah, The the appeal was no, let's, let's do what, let's follow what scripture is showing us, what Jesus commands, what the word of God actually teaches about this. But if we really live that like that, we just need to be aware that consumer cultural Christianity will not always love us. But, right. you know, I've even said, and this church loves the word, so this is not going to happen. But I've said before, like, I will lose a job before I conform, you right. know, to a pattern of the world when it comes to how we should do fellowship with one another as mm-hmm. believers. Yeah, and that is key. I, you know, I saw uh, this past week uh, a church in Nashville that was basically putting out on social media this image of, Basically, they were coming like the world is a progressive church, and they yeah, were saying the Bible, the Bible is this, oh, and how to list the things the Bible that. is, and a list of things the Bible isn't. One of the things they said, the Bible is not the word of God. It is not inerrant. And it was basically a list of basically like, you don't have to believe. And mm-hmm. I think that is a great picture of that is conforming to the world. And, and we can't 
be like that, you know, yeah. and by the grace of God, we won't. Um, I, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say to to the millennial culture, because I'm by some means a millennial, some millennial, you know, I think that we exit organizations and institutions and then yell at them. And while occasionally there's a time for that, gen- generally speaking, for things to be transformed, you have to be in it. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, even Dr. King, you know, I mean, man, he was he was in it. He wasn't abandoning America. He wasn't dishonoring America. He was trying to paint a different picture mm-hmm. for America. And, you know, I've seen so many examples of that. And, and I would just encourage you, you know, and I'm not, this church in no way was like, wrong about anything but there were some things that i feel like as a culture in our church when i got here and they identified people knew this like needed to change um but the holy spirit exists so so if you're part of a church or part of a group of people where you're like we're not doing this right like you have to a trust the power of god in and through you and trust that there are other believers who have the holy spirit and when someone begins to proclaim the truth and paint the truth and live the truth that catches on and so you know let's believe god that he loves his church and he hasn't given up on her and um let's do what we can you know mm-hmm. to 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 bring that change from within in my opinion absolutely so as we approach these conversations as we wrap it up we approach these uh pointing to jesus in humility, pointing uh, to our need for Jesus, as we are going to have to, you know, kind of say, a- acknowledge things. People aren't, haven't been right, apologize on their behalf. But I think ultimately, if someone is really hung up on this, why not, ex- and, you're, and you have the relationship where you could do this, why not extend the invitation to say, you know what, you have some really valid points. Would you want to... S- Let's read through the gospels and let's see for yeah. ourselves what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. And then it's and then it becomes this transformative thing where they're they're not encountering the world's opinion, uh, man's interpretation, but they're they're gonna encounter the truth of the word and and you can walk with them through that and say, let's let's look at who Jesus calls us to be. And they see that fleshed out in your life, right? Yeah. Man, that's good, Justin. Uh, I hope they good, do. Good challenge. <laughs> I, I just gave them do. some knuckles. There's, a, there's a fist bump going on. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you uh, for joining us for this uh, episode of Boggy Talk as we talked about uh, not being Christ-like. So next week, as we head into Easter week, we're going to be talking about the resurrection because our faith really does uh, hinge on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So why is that a big deal? Why is the resurrection the central point of our faith and why do so many people not believe that it happened. And Justin's going to be demonstrating how to make resurrection eggs. <laughs> resurrection rolls, resurrection <laughs> eggs, all these things we could do for Easter. We'll have craft time. That's uh, right. Those, those and I will be on. dressed up as the Easter bunny. Stay tuned. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you want to, don't want to miss that. Or maybe you do want to miss yeah. that. But thanks for joining us and we hope you'll join in next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.